week's Shiloh is as follows. A fascinating Shiloh about a lottery. So a yeshiva put out a lottery of tickets. People bought various tickets. And the prize was a beautiful uh, duplex apartment in uh, overlooking Tiveria with a beautiful panoramic view of, uh, I don't know, maybe the Kinneret of some sort, worth a, over a million shkalim, which whatever that translates into dollars is. Okay, so that was a somewhat a decent prize for putting a couple bucks uh, for the raffle. That was the prize. So comes the uh, day, the dinner, yeshiva dinner, they pick out the raffle, and they pick out a particular person, we'll call him Ruven. So Ruven wins. What? So, no, so Ruven wins, and they look at Ruven's ticket, and they realize Ruven actually never paid for the ticket. He said he wanted one, but he never paid for the ticket. So they asked the Shaila to the Rav of the uh, particular yeshiva. And the Rav says, do the following. Call up Ruven, and say, listen, we see you uh, bought a ticket, but you never paid for it. Um, do you want to pay for the ticket? And if he says yes, uh, let him pay, and then tell him, you actually won. But if he doesn't want to pay for it, so if he didn't buy the ticket, he doesn't win the raffle, we'll redo the raffle. So they called up Ruven. He says, thank you, I'm not interested in paying for the ticket, I don't want a raffle. Okay, they hang up, and someone else, they do another raffle, and Shimon wins. Ruven gets wind of what took place after the fact. He said, well, I'm the rightful owner, I, my name was picked out, I should have uh, won the apartment, this duplex apartment in Tiberia. What are you doing? You should have told me on the phone that I won. That I would have paid for it. Sounds very wrong, right? Very wrong. You're like shaking your head. There's no way this guy Ruben deserves it. It's a strange China. I would think the same. I, I, I'm not, it wasn't such a high level yeshiva, I guess. <laughs> that you, you, anyone that willing to pay for it or write your name down will collect the funds afterwards. Okay, so either way, that's what happened. So Ruben took yeshiva to Bezdin, claiming that he was the rightful owner of this apartment. So let's talk about first, how does a goral work? Does the Torah recognize, does halacha recognize a goral? Is that really effective? If a guy's name is picked out of the hat, is there any kinyan, is there any acquisition that Ruben or anybody would be worthy of collecting? So take a look in the first page, number one, the Gemara Babasra Kuf Vav Amid Beis. And the Gemara tells us in the brackets, Tanya, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Ha'achin Shechalku, brothers who divide property, their father passed away, left behind the Yerusha. So the brothers divide, and they divide it using a goral because they don't know who's going to get this property, who's going to get that property. Kevin Sha'ala, goral kanakulam. The moment one brother, whatever he gets, they all get the various parts of the goral. A goral works. Fine. My time, what's the reason? What's the basis? Amar Rebelazar, Ketchilas Eret Yisrael. Just like the way that Yeshua divided the land to the Shvatim, Matchila Begoral, Afkan Begoral. So asks Gemar, E, Mala Halon, Bekalpe, Ve'urimetumim. But wait, there was a box there. And there's Urimetumim. There was like real Kedusha, real Ruach HaKodesh. Afkan, Bekalpe, Ve'urimetumim. So maybe a Goral should only work if you're using Urimetumim. So Gemara says... The truth is, that's not really why a Gora works. Amar Ravashi, Bahu Hana, the Hana, the Katsaisi Lahadade, that they listen to each other, Gamri U Makne Lahadade, they're willing to uh, work together. In other words, uh, that Ruven and Shimon Levi, the three brothers, say, listen, we're going to Gamri Makri, we know we all have a third of the Yerusha, you get your part. I get my part, he gets his part, and we'll agree. It's not really based on the Chalukah Za'aretz, it's based on the willingness, the Gomri Wimakni, that they have a consent that they divide in such a way. 
No, no. We agree. We, 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 we agree whatever the outcome. I, I, I guess it's not okay. It's agreed to whatever the outcome will be. But using a gora as opposed to arbitration, but using the gora. He gets to, exactly. He would get if there's a bechor, he would get pishnaim. However, that would work. He would get a double portion. Now listen. That wasn't in terms of kinyanim. That was in terms of the sa'il Hashem. Yeah, but we're talking about kinyan acquisitions, though. Fine. So now, does this goral serve as a good model for our particular case of a raffle of winning the apartment? So look at this tshuva of the Abiyah Omer on the bottom of page number one. I cut out a lot. It's a very long tshuva. I just brought you the question and the answer, not everything in between. The question you could read it. So I'll explain, but you could follow if you want in the Hebrew. I'm going to say this all in English. There was a city, and they were deciding who the rabbi would be. And they came down to two individuals to be the rabbi. And uh, they had to decide between the final two, the finalists. And they said, you know what, let's, uh, let's decide amongst the 36, I guess, members, either the members of the shul or the members of the uh, committee. And they said, let's decide which of these Tamil Chachamim is going to be the rabbi. So they had a vote, and of course it turned out 18-18, it was even. Right, that's what happens. So they um, decided, let's do the fault, let's make a go Let's make a goral. There's Reuven and Shimon. They're both very qualified. 50-50 agreement. You can't get much better than that to have 50% in your favor as a rabbi. More than that's very hard. So let's do 50-50. We'll pick out a goral. So they do a goral and Reuven wins and Shimon loses. Now Shimon's a Tamil Chacham. Shimon says, there's no way this goral works. It doesn't work. I say, go back in there. You duke it out and pick one of us. Vote. But a goral can't work picking out a hat who's going to be the rabbi between me and him. Go back inside. So this tshuva was sent, the sheilish sent through Vavadio. Again, a long, long discussion. And he concludes as follows, that the Talmud Chacham, in fact, is right, that the goral doesn't work. Why? Why doesn't it work? We just said it worked in the Gemara by the Chalukas Aretz. It works by the brothers dividing property. Why wouldn't it work by a rabbi of a shul? Oh, so here, look what he said. Look inside. Look at the second paragraph here. He writes as follows. Read just the bold. Shechalku, by the brothers who divided, Kevin she'olah ha'gorel le'echad mehem ha'chaluka kayemes le'kulam. By the brothers, where one guy is ocha, they're all in agreement. Zedafka bedavra ha'meshutaf le'kulam. That they all are partners in and they're all going to get some piece of the property. Here, Ruvain wins, Shimon loses. Shimon gets nothing. I'm not willing to be part of this goral. So, is it not an effective goral? And Ravadia Paskin, go back into the room and duke it out until you figure out who's going to have most votes. So basically, it's saying because anybody gets something. Exactly. Have, we'll agree to do it. Winner, one loser. But one loser, one. But, not, but, but we say when you gamble. It's when you, you know, right, gamble is a whole other story. We'll make it a different topic. Because I think I'm winning. But here where everyone gets a piece by the brothers, so then the gora works. But when there's a winner and when there's a loser, that doesn't work. So the raffle in the yeshiva, there's a winner and everyone else is losers. They didn't agree. They all want to win. They want to get something. So therefore the gora is actually bottle when it comes to the yeshiva. However... That's in general, we say, so no goral should ever work, because there's only one winner. But the understanding is, yeah. No, 
No, I'm not exactly sure how it's done, but they're, firstly, they're all winning, they're all getting, gaining something. It could be, losing. it could be, again, I, I, no, but there's no, there's no loser who gets nothing. Right, exactly. Now here. So that, that's not by not by Kinarim, though. That's not a relevant factor by Kinarim. It's a it's a it's a go. What? I said the Sela Azazel should have a recall too. <laughs> Fine. So now Lamaisa, this should now uproot every single Goral, every raffle in Yeshiva where there's a one winner and thousands of losers. And the answer is we have a concept in Halach and Kinyanim. It's called that even though it may not be an actual Kinyan, it's called Kinyan Setumta. Setumta is when it's an understanding in society, when you shake hands, I'm not in business, obviously, but shaking hands indicates there's a certain deal. Ah, you're not going to bring me a raya from a gemara about two guys shaking hands. It's not brought down in halacha. But situmta is when this is how business is you know, run, it's effective. So the goral raffles is a common thing, and that's the understanding that even though there's one winner and everyone else is a loser, it will take effect. The goral, in fact, was a good kidding. But now... We have this guy, Reuven, who won the Goral. So it was a good Goral, but he didn't pay for it. So what happens when a guy says he wants to buy something, but he refuses to pay for it? Is he called the owner of it? Is he the owner? Let's say he pays for part of it. Let's, let's say, let's say, let's say, let's say you want to sell me your hat. You have a nice black Adidas hat, you give me the hat, and I'll pay you the 20 bucks for it. I do Mashiach, and then I don't pay you for it. And you come chasing after me, I want my 20 bucks. I said, I'll, I'll pay you a different time. Do I own it or do I have to pay to actually own it? So here, when I said to the guy, put my name down in the raffle, write me down and put it in, it's almost like a mashicha. my name is on the raffle. There's no, but, the, but the fact that my name was written on the raffle, that was my agreement, my willingness, and that, that raffle is uh, my shliach representing me. He, no, he doesn't actually own something. You're right, but the raffle, but the ticket, but the, but the ticket the represents him. The tic- he owns it. He doesn't get the ticket. But no, he, he owns the rights. He, he buys rights to it. Even though there's no actual thing he owns, but he has the rights to it. But not until you pay for it. No, not necessarily true. If I say, write my na- name, na- name down, and then yeah, I'll pay you back afterwards, is that a good kidding? That's the question right now. Is that a good kidding? If you, so let's see. Take a look at Shulchan Aruch in page number two. We're going to read through a few Shulchan Aruch, a bunch of brackets here. It's a continuous Shulchan Aruch here. And it's pretty much straight from the Gemara. And the Shulchan Aruch writes again, page number two here, You sell a property for a thousand Zuz. And you pay for part of it. And you tell the guy you'll pay the remaining 500, I don't know, next week. The guy is now pretty busy using his property that he bought. Now the seller says, I want the rest of the payment. Let's say he paid 999 Zuz, and there's still one Zuz outstanding. Lokeach does not have a full rights and ownership of the property. Even though he may have ridden a star, and even though there may have been a chazaka, he does not have full rights, and therefore... If Chazer Boa Lokech, if Lokech decides to back out, Yad HaMocher Al Halyona, the Mocher has the upper hand, and he can say, listen, you're backing out, you don't want to pay me the, the final Zuz? Ratz HaOmer Lo Helech Ma'osecha. 
So Mocher says, here's your 999 uh, coins back. I'm taking my land back. Or, I'll let you keep the 999. 99% of the property is yours. The other 1% stays in my property until you're willing to pay for it. That's if the Lokeach retracts. However, if, uh, where are we now? Uh, go back to that, the bottom, Marimakam. Venosin lal miziboris, Shaba. Vimchazer hamocher, if the seller retracts. So you know what? I'm pulling out of this deal. Yad halokeach al ha'elyona. The purchaser now has the upper hand, and he could say, Ratz omerlo, the lokeach could say, Tainli ma'osa, give me all my money back now. Or he could say, Tainli karka, connected ma'osi, or give me 99% of the property that I paid for. Vinotel and he takes the best property, best part of the property. So we see from here, the Shulchan Aruch says, whatever money he paid for, he owns. He owns it. He could pay the rest. If he refuses to pay for the rest, so depending who backs out, that person has the upper hand, but he certainly has the rights to own it. Now. So there is no concept of deposit in Halakha? No, there is a concept of deposit, but the currently... If, right, if the guy pays, what ownership does he have if he hasn't paid for everything? So, in, in, in modern law, if you deposit, you lose the deposit if you back out of it. Right. So, so in this case, he, right, that, that case of deposit would not be the case. Either get all your money back or you keep the property connected to the money that you paid for. But you wouldn't lose your deposit according to halacha. You would not lose your right. deposit. But again, when it comes down to halacha, many things we do is based on what is commonly done. And therefore, since deposits, if you, you know, certainly if it's in a contract, you're certainly bound at 100%. Now, sounds like that uh, this case, he has partial ownership. Actually, I'm sorry, he didn't pay for it, so he shouldn't own it since he didn't pay for it. Now, if you look at the, um, take a look at number three now, the Nesivas HaMishpah. The Nesivas HaMishpah writes, it's the next page, page number three. Chauzer Baha Mocha, the Mocha retracts. He writes, Nira, the Had Yachal Halokeach Lakofo La Mocher Bikim Miktas Amekach, Kenegad Adamim Shinasan. When the Lokeach says, you know what? I want to keep the property. Whatever I paid for, I want to keep that property. Hainu Dafka Kisha Lokeach Toein Sherotza Litena Mosadain. It's only if the Lokeach says, I still want to pay you. I need to get the money, but I want to pay you the rest of the money. Raksha Mocha wrote to the Batel Mitam the Isle of Anafik also. But the Mocha says, I've been waiting for weeks now. I can't handle this anymore. But Lokeach says, I still want to pay you. Aval Im Halokeach Toen Shadain Ein Lamos, who wrote to Lite Maos Kishidamilo. If the Lokeach says, I don't have any money, I don't want to pay you, then the din is Yachal Hamocher Livatel Hamekach Legame. If Lokeach says, you know what, I don't want to pay the rest of the money. Then the mocha has every right to back out of the deal and cancel it. In our case of the raffle ticket, they called them on the phone, Ruvain, you owe a ticket. You owe money for the ticket. Do you want to pay? I refuse to pay. I don't want to. What? He backs out. So according to the Nesivas, you back out, you lose your buy list, you lose your rights. That seems correct. However, even though the Nesivas says this, there's a slew of Rishonim and Ahurim who all argue on this and says that if a person says, I'm buying something, he does a Meshicha, there's a Chazaka, there's a Shah, whatever it might be, and he refuses to pay, he still owns the object. He just owes money, he owes them, but he owns the object entirely. One case to show you, one example. Let's say you sell, we have to 410. Let's say you sell your Chamech to a guy. And uh, the guy does a Meshicha, he takes the Chamech, but he doesn't pay for it. He's supposed to pay for it, though. 
but he refuses to pay for it. Now Pesach comes, so I don't want to pay for your chametz. So do we say now, you never sold it, and you are really the owner of your chametz, and you're over by, you're by your matzah. So says the Chuba's base, Yitzchak says no. The Meshicha was a good kinin. You owe money, but the kinin was a good kinin. And therefore, you're not over the Isser. The Goy really owns it. So to every other case, when there's another kinin that was applied, even though you didn't pay the money, it's still a good kinin. You owe money. So in this given case, where Ruvain says, I want the ticket initially. It, they wrote his name on the ticket as a shliach of his. He refused to pay... Okay, he owes the money. It's his, it's his problem. They could take in the Bezdin to pay the dollar or whatever it might be. But he owns the ticket. The ticket represents him. And that will not be Mavato the ticket. That's one Svara to explain why Ruvain has rights to the raffle and the winnings of the raffle. That's one. You don't like this one. Okay. Okay, fine. That's, that's, that's okay. That's okay. You will tell us the end. Of course I'll tell you the end. So, so this is a very good question. Now, this, what I just said to you, that when you do a, make a Kenyan, even though you owe money, you own it. So a number of Achronim say that's only true when it comes to metaltlin, a movable object, where I actually do a Meshicha, I owe money, but I did the Meshicha. But as it relates to Karka, as it relates to land, many Achronim say, you pay... You get it. You don't pay. You don't, you don't pay. Wait a you don't pay. You don't get anything. So if that's the case, since we're talking about the winning of this beautiful duplex apartment in Tiveri, overlooking the Kinneret, it's a par. It's a karka. Then the luck would be if you don't pay for it, you don't get the karka. The whole thing is bought till the guy loses out. You guys are all very happy with this, I see. Yeah. Unless you make a kidney. Even with a kidney, even the kidney, they say it doesn't work. By karka with a kidney, it doesn't work. You pay for it. You don't pay, even though you're right, by Kinnadim, you do Kinnikazaka, Gedder, Naras, Paparats, all that stuff, it works, but it's only assuming you pay for it. But if you refuse to pay for the Karka, the whole thing is bottle, and you have no rights to it. Right, okay. I, I don't know anything about this, but I know that's the example of Situmta, but I don't know anything about Halakha Maisa by Karka. I've yet to own much real estate other than my own house, but I'd, be, I'd love to. But I'd love to learn about it. <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Interesting. Right. I mean, in terms of the raffles, usually the raffles you have some big donor who give the the gifts for free. So there's really no overhead for many of the yeshivas, and then all the money goes towards the yeshiva. But in terms of this, it's interesting because the money's not going directly to the property; it's going for the ticket. The ticket's then being used. To get the property, so it's a right, 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 right. right. It's, it's, it's a very good, it's a very good question. I'm not sure. It's a great question. Why this money for the raffle tickets being viewed as property? That's a step removed from the property. It's for the ticket. I'm not sure. Except the, today, when you get a, a raffle for an institution, it's not just one big prize. That's the big prize, and then there's right. several other prizes. Right. So everyone buys a ticket has a chance of getting. Something. Correct. A possibility, but you walk out ten winners and a thousand losers still. 
Now, let's finish off. I know I'm going to probably finish a little earlier. I'm going to finish off with one last svara, which I don't think... You might like the svara, but I don't think you're going to like the answer in the end of the psak, in the end of the day, how it's going to work. Sometimes, you know, using halacha, it doesn't always, uh, you know, doesn't, you know, speak to you, but that's how it is sometimes, unless we can think of other svaras to throw it away. So what's the final svara? So right now we have that if you didn't pay for it, so then one opinion holds you still have ownership to it, even though you didn't pay for it. But others say that since it's property, related to property at least, so then maybe you can be mavatel the mekach if you refuse to pay for it. So the final one, which seems to be what uh, this particular safer favors, is the following. When he initially said he got a call up from a bacher in the shiva, he's busy calling on the phone, num- phone numbers, and he calls up this guy, Ruben, you want to buy a ticket? He says, yeah, put my name down and leave me alone. Right. When he said that, he just took upon himself a nether. What's the nether? To pay for tzedakah. It's not paying for a, a building. It's not paying for a property or for a business. For He made a nether because he wants to dedicate, a, even though he doesn't want to. But he said that he's willing to give a dollar towards the yeshiva, which is tzedakah. And the nether for tzedakah is binding. So take a look at Shulchan Aruch Yerdeya, Reish Nun Ches Hilchot Tzedakah. He says, Hanoder Tzedakah, guy takes an oath. He takes, a, he dedicates money to, uh, pledges money to tzedakah. Eino yochol He's not allowed to retract. Ela imke nishal l'chacham v'hitrlo. Unless he goes to chacham and undoes it for him. And if it gets to the money, gets to the hand of the gabai, he can't take it back. This guy is not going to a chacham to be shol on it. He's certainly not. And therefore, since he must pay, there's no ending the mecca. He has to pay. It's not like he can just walk away. Now, even though we can, even though we can't force him to pay a hilchat there's an Indian of kofin. We force a mitzvah. There's a question when I make a nether, is it chal shibur my property? Could he take my property? Forgetting all those various details, Lamaisa, this person, Ruven, who says he wants to give a dollar towards yeshiva, that nether is a binding. There's almost impossible to retract. He certainly won't want to retract after finding out. And therefore, he has to pay. And since he has to pay for it, he has the raffle ticket. And Lamaisa, he wins the apartment. Yeah.